happy Tuesday, beautiful people. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. It's early. It's not really early. It's like nine o'clock. So if you get in your cars or, you know, because I'm uh, I'm never I'm never on at nine o'clock. I don't know why that is. I, I mean, I my studio is in my house, so it's only a few steps. But technology being what it is, it's just always janky. That's an excuse, I know. But so I always say if if you if you got me around nine o'clock, you got me. <laughs> Good morning. Morning, Harry. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, everybody who's tuned in all across the town. Thank you all for uh, sending me love. I appreciate all the Facebook shout outs. I appreciate that people listen to me who I, I never believed that listens to me. Like I I am uh, I'm impressed by the people who listen to me and who, who will stop me and say, you know, I listened to you the other morning, this and that and the other thing. And it cracks me up because I, I don't know what my demographics are. I just like, I just be up here talking. <laughs> I just be up here running my mouth. I, Paul Bass gave me a platform and I don't even think he knew how far I was going to run with this thing. <laughs> so, so anyway, good morning, everybody. I got my coffee. I got my coffee with my Adaptogen cream. And uh, and my C MCT oil, because I'm weight training. My body is hurting, not 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 crippling hurting. Just you know, I know I've been lifting weights. <laughs> so when you know you've been lifting weights, you just feel it in your you just feel it in your body. And yesterday, uh, you know, I um Sunday I, I had to I I got back on my Olympic. I was off for a week because we thought we were having a colonoscopy. And they called and said they had to um, back it up. So, so I I'm a week down. So when you start again, it's like starting again. Your body's got to get, you know, back adjusted. It, it doesn't take long. Uh, plus, I didn't eat right. So, because when you take Ozempic, you, you just forget to eat. You just don't think about it. Like food is not in your face and your, not your priority. Uh, so, so I go work out. I go lift weights on an empty stomach and. Uh, and it just makes you feel like you're going to throw up. So and that's on me because I know better, right? Like, I just didn't think about it. I just, I really just didn't think about it. So this morning I got up, I made three eggs. And then I got my, my, uh, what do they call it? This is a particular kind of coffee that they call it. It's my brain coffee. And uh, so, yeah, but this is cafe, tricked out cafe Bustelo. <laughs> now I have coffee beans from Jamaica and I picked up um some some light roast coffee beans from Kenya, I think. Uh I gotta grind them, which is fine because I got a Vitamixer that I that I don't use the grinding part. So I'm gonna grind up my beans. I probably need to put them in a good container. I need a good coffee container. So that that's just means I need to run and get me an airtight container so I can put my ground coffee in. And be like, hello, hello, ground coffee, hello. So, anyway, I got the most lovely gift from my girlfriend, uh, Bonita Applebaum, aka Sarah Lulu, who sent me these pins. I posted them up on Facebook, so this is not news, but these are so adorable, right? And they're they are motivational pins for badass babes. Now, I don't know where the hell she found these pins, but they are amazing. 
It was like one hell of a woman, unfwittable. I, you know, I can't cuss on morning family radio. Uh, and and you are wildly, fiercely, and incredibly capable. Uh, you are a GD force, and you can effing do this. And you know, I, I'm a girl for pink. So, so yeah. So, this is a great. It's going in my my law school book bag. If I get into law school, I'm still working on my my applications. All my my friends in my cohort, they've been sending off their applications, and I've not sent one. I can't wait till I send my very first one. I told you a friend of mine got into her school of her choice. So I'm really worried about the school of. I'm really, I'm really worried about what if I don't get in anywhere. I like I I worry about that. <laughs> I, I just like, what if I don't get in anywhere? That's a real fear if I don't get in. And if I get in, how am I going to pay for this? I just don't know. I, I just, I have no idea. But, you know, that's just what it is. Sometimes you just have to, you know, God gives you enough light for the for the first step. And, and each step that you take, before you know it, you're already up the staircase with just enough light. So we'll see what happens. My face ashy. Mm. So I, I, my, uh, 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 my glam captain gave me some cleanser because I, my face has been so irritated for the last several months. So she gave me some cleanser and then she told me to buy micellar water. So between that gentle, gentle cleanser and the micellar water, my my skin is rebounding, rebounding. So. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a thing. So I, I want to get into uh, Advent because you know I told you I'm I'm following along Advent, and then I'm at some point Harry's gonna come back and talk about the missing stars. <laughs> and then uh, uh, and then uh, uh, and then we'll get into it. And Anru is back at ten. I'm just delighted uh, that he's going to be back on. And God knows, I I need I need that Yoruba high priest to, you know, get gather my gather me, because it's been a. We are in a time. We are in a time. We are in a time. We are we are we are in a time. So anyway, let me let me get into the advent. Because people have expressed that they enjoy me reading them. So I'm going to read them up until the, you know, I don't read them on the weekends because I'm not here on the weekends, baby. But Monday through Friday, while we're in Advent, I got you. So 005. So this is ran no random days. Uh, Luke 1, 8, Luke 1, 8 through 10. And, it, you know, this is not, these are not my words. These are Hannah Bencher. Bencher. So. I am not ready to move from this place just yet. Remember how I said we would camp out in some parts of the story? Well, this is one of those times. I'll make the fire. You set up the tent. I'm someone who digs for significance in everything I read and encounter. It's a good habit when reading the Bible because no word is accidental in this text. Everything mentioned in the scriptures is there for a reason. It holds purpose and weight. 
The fact that Luke mentions Zechariah and his job in the temple is a big deal. As I wrote yesterday, Zechariah and the rest of the priests were divided into 24 groups, and each group contained 50 priests and would serve in the temple twice a year. Their shift would last for one week. The priests used an ancient practice called the casting of lots to assign jobs within the temple. Lots were commonly commonly sticks or stones with symbols adorned on them that would be thrown into an open space and then interpreted. It was the Old Testament version of rolling the dice. But even this game of chance wasn't left up to chance. Proverbs 16.22 states, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. God was in the odds. Every person casting his lots would have wanted the biggest job within the temple, the lighting of the incense to create the official offering for God, we might call this the main course, the part that holds everything else together. Because these 50 priests only ran, only came into the temple twice a year, the odds were pretty low that you would get this job more than once in your lifetime. Yes, making the incense offering to God was a once in a lifetime job. On this particular week in the temple, the priests cast their lots and Zechariah was chosen to burn the incense. God used this once-in-a-lifetime moment for Zechariah to reveal an answered prayer to him through the angel Gabriel. <coughs> Can you even imagine? You've been walking your whole life to perform. You've been waiting your whole life to perform this one task. And in the midst of it, God sends an angel to tell you that the thing you've never stopped praying for is finally coming to fruition. It was a beyond sacred moment, and God crafted it intentionally for Zechariah. But the symbolism of this moment runs even deeper than that. The lighting of the incense, an act performed by one person, had a specific purpose. The incense lit represented the entire nation's prayers. Alone in that temple, while the rest of the people gathered outside to pray, Zechariah lifted the nation's prayers to God, and God set the story of Jesus into motion. It was officially go time. God stepped in and said, I hear the prayers of the nation, and the redemption story begins to reveal itself today. Zechariah could have quickly gone through the motions and missed the miracle. He could have easily not seen the importance of the task and failed to look toward what God would do next. But he was there. He was present. Are you? I am often guilty of assuming that there are days on my calendar that hold no weight, just days that act as a barrier from the days I really, really want to live out. But this could not be further from the truth. Our God is a God who orchestrates redemption stories. He is constantly up to something. Where we see random days, God sees hidden pockets of purpose. Where we see random lines in a story, God reads between those lines and fills our days with hidden meanings. The dinner date you have today isn't random. That gift your friend gives you next week isn't random. That conversation you need to have 
is it random? That person who reaches out in need of help this afternoon isn't random. All the things that are coming up this season have already been pre-planned, pre-planned out by God. And the best thing you can, you and I can do to honor the planning is to pay, pay close attention and lean in. We will miss the miracles of our heads if our heads stay stuck in our phones. God wants to show himself to you in the mundane and the extraordinary. He wants to be in all of it. Years ago, my friend Tori told me over tacos that God doesn't do anything halfway. He loves to show off. If all of life has the potential to give God glory, why wouldn't he show off and provide us with something to shout about? He delights in our praise and he wants us to know that he doesn't half-heartedly think about us, but wants to deliver news to us in extravagant and wild ways. Friend, you will miss the magic if you don't look up. You will miss the magic if you spend the entire season comparing your Christmas to someone else's. You will miss the magic if you spend the entire season only thinking about what's next for 2024. You don't even realize you're already standing in the once in a lifetime. This time, that won't come again. God will never duplicate in it this lifetime. And I believe he wants to show up and show off for you throughout this Advent season. He's waiting at the door. It's time to go and let him in. Here's your steal the prayer. I don't want you to take this prayer. You know what I say, take the prayer, go with it, take what you will, whatever you can, leave it by the side of the road. Dear God, it is easy to go through the motions and miss the miracles, but I am choosing a new mindset. I will see the importance of the task in front of me. I will show up for people, for events, for dates on the calendar with anticipation of what you're going to do. I choose to believe you are calling me to divine appointments. You are showing off. Release your power into all the areas of my life. Amen. All right. So you got you got you got your advent language for today. Look up, people. This is a once-in-a-lifetime moment. You are living in a once-in-a-lifetime moment. And do with it what you will. And you can you can you can use this season of mystery and magic and 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 all of that. To your benefit and for the benefit of those around you you absolutely can you have the power so so what you think is the mundane and the ordinary is really uh the magic and the extraordinary and i say that all the time you know uh it is it is about your everyday practical life and if you just look for miracles to be you know bells and whistles and fireworks then you will miss the everyday miracles on your path you know, that someone said hello to you, you know, that you were able to help somebody, you know, or you heard a song that spoke directly to you, or you heard a phrase. And I'm always, I'm always, I'm always um, listening for God's voice to me. I'm trained to listen now because uh, uh, I, I've, I've trained my spiritual muscle to hear God's voice always. Now, you know, listen, listen. Sometimes I don't listen. I always hear God. Sometimes I don't listen to God. 
there's a difference. You know, your children will hear you, but they don't listen. <laughs> I'm God's child. Sometimes I hear God all the time. I don't listen to God all the time. <laughs> and God understands we have a relationship. And whatever the relationship that I have with God, I, I like to believe that it spills out in the relationship that I have with the people around me. That that they, you know, uh, they that they experience God uh, in my presence. At least I'm hoping that, you know, even when I'm being ornery and obstinate and an asshole, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that people will still experience the Christ in in my spirit. Uh, and I own that. I used to run from that. I used to, I used to be so whatever, you know, not wanting to sort of hear God and, and, and be connected to God, you know, and I think we all sort of do that. Uh, you know, when we, we, you're trained up and raised up a certain way and you go from it. Uh, and there's some, and there's some religious stuff that goes on out there that is just off the chain and ridiculous and, and not even of God, but, you know, but for those of us that, that had good, had more good experiences and bad experiences and you, and you could turn turn toward God because you feel that acutely, um, then you know what I'm talking about, you know. And I, I feel the presence of God all the time. I hear God speaking all the time. You know, sometimes it's going to be like, God, can you just shut up? <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not, I don't care. <laughs> and then God will be like, okay, Baz, here we go. Here we go again. I got to bring you low to bring you high. All right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I know the dance. I know the routine. But I'm getting better at just like heeding the call. I go, I serve a God that calls and sins. I tell that to people. I serve a God that calls and sins. Sometimes God, sometimes God calls me. Sometimes God sends me. Sometimes God sends stuff to me. Sometimes God calls me to things. That's just what it is. So, so anyway, I hope you enjoyed the Advent reading. I did. I got so many messages out of it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you get messages that are confirmation, not so much direction, but just confirmation that the path that you're on is a pretty damn good path. You know, and sometimes you get a message that says, go in another direction. That you have to end this. And you know what I said the other week? End. Entirely new direction. Not over. End. And so, so sometimes you have to listen. You have to listen for how do you move in another direction? You know. Uh and 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 how do you how do you uh uh bring more abundance into your life and do things? You know, you you cannot you cannot do adverse things and not expect to have adversity. It just doesn't work there. If you put good things into the world, if you do good things into the world, good things come back. And every every everything has a consequence to it. Everything has a consequence. And sometimes you don't even see the consequence until you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> and sometimes some consequences are far reaching. You know, sometimes they just are, you know. And and you you mature and you grow up and you ground yourself in right thinking and right choices for yourself and for the world. You know, how do, how do I be good in the world? 
how do how am I a better person in the world? Because that's how that's how you uh that's how you have impact. You know, how am I a good person? And, you know, yesterday I was talking about uh, uh if we could get some peace in the world, and 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 maybe that's a a far fetched fantasy. You know, but it's one that I hold. If we could just find a way to have peace for a few moments and allow the earth to see that we could have peace for a few moments. Do you know how we could make a difference in the world if we could just all stand still for a minute, put down our guns, put down our hate speech, put down and just be one with the universe and the creator and the earth for just a few moments. How the how that could shift the world greatly you know I think about that often like if we could just you know if we could just stop um and I know I know I know I, and I believe that we can but we just won't so uh so I'm not so naive to think that uh it, we could do it but I am so naive to think that we could do it <laughs> so Anyway, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. So tomorrow I have bulk trash. So, you know, I have this giant sectional that was in my other house. Now it's in my apartment. It's going away because I want new things to come. And the way to get new things is to get rid of old things. And, you know, my apartment is so cluttered and junky. It's like a storage slash dorm, you know, space. So I'm, I'm going to try to work over the next several weeks to clear. I've done my cinnamon spell ritual and uh, and I'm ready to sort of, I bought paint and I bought um, hooks for the windows and I need to go get curtains from Ikea. Uh, I, I'm one of these people, I, I am my mother's child. I, I like double double curtain windows. I love a sheer on a window and then a drape on the window. I'm old school like that, you know. Uh, that was how I had in my house. I had double double hung wind, uh, rods because I love a sheer. I just think I just think you know curtains are a finishing touch for a window. You know, it's like window window dressing. I love window dressing. I don't like naked windows, and I know for contemporary purposes. People like naked windows, you know, but I, I got to have a shade and I got to have a, some kind of curtain, a sheer or something. It doesn't matter. Something that filters light is my thing. You know what I mean? Like, that is my thing. So I, 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 I'm, I'm into that. And uh, that's, that's my thing. <laughs> I'm old school. So I've got I've got curtain rods that I need to uh um uh, I need I gotta go I've got uh rod things to hang rods on. So I've got to go and get actual rods. And uh that might be in a uh an IKEA run. And I've got paint for the kitchen and uh and for the laundry room and I have paint for my bedroom. So there's things that I need to get done. And I need a new TV. Oh my TV is about to and, you know, right now will probably be a really good time to buy a TV because my TV is so dark. <laughs> and I know my TV is like, chick, we're about to die. You better go get a new TV. 
Oh, it's about to die. Like it is, it is, it is fading. And I don't want to, I better go now while, uh, I better get one now while the prices are so cheap. And, uh, uh, and Harry sent me a, a nice selection of TVs to pick from. So, and they're, and they're, they're so in the price point, you know, so in the, I, I was just going to look the other way at these little children in China putting together these TVs. Like I just, <laughs> I would do like everybody else. I was like, I'm just going to overlook uh, human rights violations and I'm going to get me a cheap TV. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I mean, that's what we do, right? I mean, that's how we, that's how we are looking at the world. So, so yeah, so I feel much better today, this morning. I was feeling terrible yesterday. Like for the whole day, I could not shake this queasiness. And I know it was because the Olympic was just messing with me. And that's the first time it has ever done that. And I've been on it for a few months now, you know, so. And I don't think Olympic is the easy way to lose weight. I don't I don't think there's no such thing as an easy way to lose weight. I think all this weight loss stuff is hard. I don't give a damn if you get your if you get a bypass for your stomach or stapled or reposition or whatever it is. It is it all is hard. You know, I'm on these social media sites and people weigh in and you know they, everybody's talking smack, everybody's got an opinion, but you don't know what it's like to be obese and to walk in obesity shoes. And I've been obese for quite some time. I don't even like to say it, but I've been fat for quite some time, you know. And there's nothing easy about any of this. And I just want people to just shut the, shut up and leave people alone. You know, everybody's like, oh, uh, like, you know, uh, taking the whatever is the easy way. And we don't say that about any other entity any other health issue we don't say to cancer people oh you're gonna do chemotherapy you should just you should just naturally cure yourself <laughs> we would never say that to cancer people <laughs> we would never say it we would never say to heart people don't get a pacemaker pace your own cell we would never say it you know, I, I just don't understand. People are just out of their minds and want to just have a modicum of influence and control over things that have nothing to do with them. Whatever the tools are, you use them. Now, the only reason why I didn't get a sleeve or all this other kind of stuff is because I did not want to undergo any more invasive stuff beyond what is necessary. That's That's it. I looked into it and I talked with my doctor and he was like, I don't think that's the best course of action for you, you know, because you've had, you've got this, 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 and I don't think it's a good idea for us to go in and just, you know, and I was like, all right, I understand that because I got a lot of health things. So when the she's, so when my, my primary doctor said, I think this would be a good deal for you right here. I was like, all right, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And it's and it, within the, within the first few months, I got off half my medications, half of them, and I was on a lot of medication. And I'm only sixty years old. And I was like, okay, I'm here for this. So it did more than just yeah, I'm down thirty pounds. 
and it's a slow thirty. Like it's a <laughs> like a slow, slow, slow. Few people notice. Few people notice. Uh, people that people haven't seen me in a while. Uh, be like, oh my God, you lost some weight. Yes, I did. But the people who see me all the time be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and that's fine. I used to think I wanted this big dramatic weight loss, but no. Now, easy, slow, and steady. It's fine. I'm good. I go slow and steady. And, uh, you know, we'll be all right. Yeah, so. So I'm just saying, y'all, go easy with people. Stop, stop heaping your whatever it is on you. You know what I mean? Stop heaping your mess on people. This is a season of uh of magic and mystery and merriment. You can be kind. Err on the side of kindness. And uh Hanukkah, the, the festival of lights is toward the end of the week. So it's a, it's a, listen, let all these opportunities for enlightenment <laughs> is upon us. All this, all this, all these signs of miracles and mystery and magic. This is the season we're in. And it would be a shame for people not to take advantage of that. Seriously. Seriously. This is the season for it, you know, and I'm I'm very excited, and I don't have not no not near holiday decoration up. Well, I mean, I have decorations staple all year round, like I have a black Santa. But I think the only reason why this black Santa is up because we just didn't put it away. <laughs> so, uh. Uh, and some other things like the tree that stays out all year, the little tabletop tree. You know, it's all right. They'll go away this year. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. There's something very divine about coming into the living room and seeing Santa and a silvery Christmas tree. Eh. You know, something very divine about that. So let me see what's going on in the world. You pop by the New Haven Independence site and see who's riff, riffing on whatever. Oh, yeah, Paul had a Merry Christmas holiday season compost heat news. I haven't listened yet. Uh, I'll go back and listen in a minute. Hey, the Barack Obama School named a school of distinction. High five. There's something very I like about that school uh, the Obama school being connected to the University of New Haven. Like kids will go to school and know that they are on a college campus, right? So so it won't be a foreign thing. So when it's time for them to think about college, it'll just be a natural thought process. Like, yes, of course, of course I'll go to college because I've already been on a college campus. And I hope that they keep connecting these kids to the college campus. Like, I hope that's part of it so that it's not foreign. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that it is just a natural, a natural thing. I know. I, you know, I'm so at odds with the education system. It's just so, 
I don't I don't know where the big thinkers are. I don't know where the exciting thinkers are. I don't know where the brave and courageous people are. I just don't know where they are. And maybe I feel that way about not just education, but in all manner of things. You know, now is the time for big, bold thinking, you know, and healthcare and education and employment and transportation. You know, I need somebody to think about transportation in a way that is exciting. How do we connect this city through transportation? How do we make this city more accessible to anybody that comes here so that opportunities are are endless for people to get to work and to find jobs? How do we how do we make that exciting? And and it's it's a leadership thing, I know, but gosh, this city is such a city ripe for uh transportation overhaul. <laughs> hey Harry, <laughs> this city is ripe for a lot of things. You know, I, I think you're um you're a dreamer. Um You may I'm, say I'm a dreamer. Uh, yeah, big dreamer. But I'm um, not the only one. <laughs> unfortunately, not enough of us. <laughs> Listen, the Beatles you know, the Beatles, you know what the Beatles you told us <laughs> what you say? You know what you want is what you know what when we spoke the other day, I was talking about a fifteen minute city. <laughs> I need a I need a fifteen minute country. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You want everything to be easily accessible, nobody to struggle. You know, we I mean we could we could probably do that for about ten years. And then somebody and then, will um, get all I want more. No, then the money would run out, right? So you could only fund things to a certain extent. And then um, the people who you're forcing to fund it leave. Where are they going to go? Well, I mean, you you just take your um, headquarters and you put it in wherever, Australia or Harry, who is going to Australia? You see the kind of animals and stuff in Australia <laughs> no, that no, you no, have to you, fight. <laughs> but you don't understand. You just take your headquarters there, right? Harry, you know how many? You know how many? I think I like a hundred different kinds of snakes that will kill you in Australia. You put a couple of kangaroos in charge of the headquarters. You've seen those kangaroos? They're like people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that will beat can, your ass. <laughs> they can work a job. <laughs> Forget kangaroos AI. Are- Kangaroos are gangster, Harry. You see That's right. Forget AI. Get a couple of kangaroos. <laughs> a couple kangaroos. Some, yeah, everybody thinks, oh, koala bears. They're so cute. They're so cute. And they are. But all the other things that are in Australia are, are killers. <laughs> wow, I got a mess behind me. Yeah. You, what is happening? Look, I bought donuts for everybody else, not for myself. Why, where, so why are they there? Oh, because nobody's in the office yet except for Layla. Oh, okay. I gave her hers already. What's the day of the Christmas party? I didn't see the date. Oh, they haven't um, come up with a date yet? They haven't come up with a date, but it's usually... So I think Friday is the 22nd, right? So, yeah. So it'll probably be that the 20th. Okay. And um, are you in the secret Santa? You didn't. Yes, I did. I responded. 
Love that. <laughs> I like seeing your Santa Harry. But um, yeah, but um, you know, I wanted to talk because you, you know, sometimes you sound delusional, Babs. Um, I, I sound, I sound delusional with this, with this um hope thing. It's like <laughs> it sounds insane. <laughs> Like we could be good to one another. One another? Are you kidding me? Hope sounds insane. You talk about people being good to one another. I just don't see it. Harry, you don't see it. You don't. You don't wake up and say, "Man, I know we could put we could put a world together that everybody thrives. Nobody nope. is hungry. Nobody is displaced. Nobody is unhoused. Nobody is sick. If they are sick, they could just walk in and get the care that they nope. need." No, because nobody, everybody always wants more. If you look at Mayor Adams in New York, he he ran out of space in Manhattan, so he set up a location in in Brooklyn, and bust a few of those, especially the young men migrants, to Brooklyn, and they were like, "We can't live here. This it's not as as, as accessible as Manhattan and." What if we get a job? We, then we're going to have to take the trains. And you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you can never just people are never satisfied with the helping hand you give them. You actually have to give them both hands and pull and carry them, you know, and, and it's just. Oh, no, I don't I don't I don't agree with that, Harry. I I, I think that is that is. Well, you, you know, that is he, not true. He busts those those migrants to. Brooklyn and they refused to to get off the bus when they saw where they their destination was. So why can't we say why 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 does it have to be they refuse when they understand that this does not work for them if they have to travel a gazillion hours welcome to the real world. Everybody we, has to do that. Yeah, but listen. But we we make allowances for the rich all the time. If Donald, if if any of the if Jeff Bezos says I need all of this to shut down so I can get my boat here, guess what happens? No. Well, if Jeff Bezos says I need you to take down your bridge because my boat don't fit with that bridge there, they move the bridge. But that's Jeff Bezos. He has the money. Uh 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 uh. That is that is a narrative that says. Oh. The that rich is better, yeah. And but why cannot is, we extend that to all people? You can't because what they're doing is they're saying, Yes, you can. We're better than the people who live in Brooklyn. That we is not what these, mi these migrants are not saying well, that. Oh, well, if you're they're gonna not do that, saying that, yeah, but if you're gonna do that for the migrants, that. how about the people who live in Brooklyn who have to deal with that every day? But that's the whole point, Harry. The, the, the migrants elevate the problem. The migrants elevate the problem. So if you can change, if you can no, change no it thing. for the migrants, then everybody, everybody, you know. Well, you can. Uh, uh, yes, you can. Yeah, a rising, Harry, a rising tide rises all boats. Not just some boats, all boats. Mayor Adams said we're Mayor full. Mayor Adams is an asshole. The governor, <laughs> Governor Hoku, said we're full over there in New York. We no, can't do full. it anymore. They could do you could do anything. New York is the city of dreams. You could do anything. <laughs> See? You could do anything. No, you can't. I believe you you could do anything with political will. They, they run out of money. They, they don't want to put their money. Well, then you know what? 
they they can find some money. There's always money. There's no, there's not always money. money. Okay, let the Yankees say we need a new damn stadium. The Yankees pay. Let, let the Giants say we we need better lights. <laughs> you're comparing them. You're comparing them to an organization that brings thousands of jobs, and those jobs pay taxes into the. How city. do you know there are thousands of jobs? How many jobs is it? The Yankees. The Yan. Yeah. All, How many all jobs? The all the businesses around the stadium exist because the Yankees are there. Uh huh. So automatically it creates thousands of jobs and that's not including the jobs that they create yeah what jobs do they create because they're you know because they're a non-profit <laughs> they're not the a for-profit entity the new york so, yankees so what taxes are they paying <laughs> i'm just curious they pay into the and the nfl all, is all a non-profit too it's not a for-profit it's not a business who non-profit the nfl <laughs> so what taxes are they paying really no. seriously well, this is the thing. This is always the argument. So organizations that create jobs, those jobs pay taxes. Amazon, saying, Amazon no, don't pay no pay taxes. taxes. Walmart don't even pay the employees but, health but benefits. Look, but look at all the all the em employees they have, all the jobs they've created. Those jobs pay taxes, and the corporation does pay taxes. Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes. That's a totally different thing. The organization always pays taxes. Uh, is, no, it's Jeff Bezos who doesn't pay taxes. Uh, 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 -uh. Amazon, Amazon's not paying taxes like that. They pay taxes, and they're not they even paying. They're not paying health benefits. They're not doing any of that stuff. No, you talk about Walmart who doesn't pay health benefits, but you know they started paying health benefits too. Even supermarkets are paying health benefits. They should that's, because that's they realize they have to attract people to come work there. Right, there's not enough people willing to work anymore, so. They had to sweeten the pot. Yeah, because slave labor is not productive <laughs> to the bottom line. You know, some, of, some of these places even have 401k plans. They matching, should. And they should have 401K. education reimbursement. It should have all the things. Man, you're making me want to go work for Target. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. All the benefits I'll get with Target. But look how look how long it took them to get here, though. Yes, and then you have other places that aren't even close to that, right? Well, they well they better get there quick, fast, in a hurry. <laughs> you know how many people I've I've um told about adopt the family, uh huh. People who who talk a good game, right? Who talk about wanting better for people and everything, and. I haven't got one person, you know, that crosses this office who want to adopt a family. Okay. So I just think people talk a good game. They think that somebody else should do more. But as for actually looking to your side at the fellow person next to you that you don't know is starving. Well, I think, I think, I think maybe you might want to take into consideration that people give in other sorts of ways and that uh, they are that, part of, of organizations or they committed to organizations that do some of this very work. Yeah, I mean, I know this. Say, a lot of people say, I do it with my voice. And I go, how about you do it with your pocket sometimes? Oh, yeah, that's not for me, but you know, 
you're a good person for doing it. Let me no. let me tell you. Well, let me tell you about the 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 data that Pew said is that poor people in this country give more than anybody, including rich people. They give more to charitable organizations than anybody. And you know who the number one charitable givers in this country? Black people. Black people how, how, give an extraordinary they, amount of money. Black churches. What do you mean? You ask the questions. You go out and you see. If you if you if you uh, make charitable contributions, you lock that somewhere. Those are those are actual those are actual polls. But if you go on the IRS and see who gives, it's totally different. No, it's you not. Have, you have the people who actually they ha they track those numbers of the people who actually give. But um, and the, the the majority of the people that give in this country are poor people. Poor people are the backbone of charitable organizations. They just are. They always have been. So while we believe that rich people like to give, you mean because, the middle class, because they like to uh, the working listen, poor. You talk this about. is where I'm at. Everybody's poor if they're not rich. The working poor you talk about. It, it doesn't matter if you're working poor or not working poor. There's only two classes in this country: rich and poor. There's no blurred lines. Everybody's a paycheck right. away the, from destruction. The middle class is disappearing. So yeah, you're right. We're almost gone. Well, we're almost listen. gone. Everybody's waiting for something. To, yeah, it's funny because poor people don't file it on taxes. Oh my God, Babs. We just have somebody comment that hasn't been around in like forever. Who's that, Angel? Angel. Uh-oh. What's Angel? He's forsaken us? I know he said poor people don't file it on taxes. What do you mean? Well, or they don't file know. their giving on taxes? Right, right. And, okay. and it's true. Most, you know, if, if your donation is, you know, you gave the, you bought the guy at the corner food, you don't go and write that down. You don't say, well, I bought, you know, I bought Willie. Yeah, but it's not it's not just that, Harry, because you're making it you're making it too simplified and 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 you're not understanding the power of organizations and communities because people people give people give to the NAACP, people give to the Urban League, people give to Sickle Cell, people give to uh their sororities yeah, and their fraternities, people give to their churches, and churches are the largest uh uh charitable entities in this country bam, so bam, bamboozlers whatever um uh, well, i'm not gonna say that but you know i'm just saying so yeah so so they might not be itemizing those those, those oh and just, of and just says he miss he misses you um babs. Well, i miss you know, him too I, was, I thought he just got mad so mad at you he just like left us well, he that's probably it that's probably it because you know the conversations angel and i have in email he um he gets really frustrated with me, <laughs> to say the least. Tell tell Angel he ain't by himself. <laughs> but we make it do what it do. We make it do what it do. But he he has no choice but to love me, right? So, <laughs> well, he you know we all got choices, Harry. <laughs> no, he doesn't have any choice. Angel's been with me since we were since you was me high to he, he, he has no up. choice. Yeah, he has no choice. I'm, I'm just, I'm part of his system. Is he coming up here for the holidays? Is he no, coming, coming to Waterbury for Christmas? 
No, Angel doesn't leave Florida no more unless it's for you know because Angel's a trainer. He he does. Okay. You'll see you'll see him on ESPN in somebody's corner sometimes, right? So he does that. <laughs> he's a, tell, he's a, tell, Angel, I went back to my trainer. I'm weight training again. I'm trying to get yeah. strong. So so Angel doesn't leave Florida unless it's for business. Okay. He's got he'll go to California or something to train somebody or something, but for business. You should know what, Angel, you should come to Waterbury and start training Harry. I'm probably too frustrating. You know, if you tape Harry's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be the problem. I don't think Angel has the patience for me anymore. (laughs) Or put a sock in Harry's mouth and just like make him weight train with you. (laughs) Then that way you don't have to hear him. (laughs) No, you know, Angel. Just make him do the work. Angel over the years has, you know, done routines for me and stuff like that. So did you follow them, Harry? Help, yeah. I, I followed them temporarily. <laughs> they work temporarily. <laughs> then no, they I don't stop. work temporarily. No, you work temporarily. If you keep at them, but, they don't um, work temporarily. Poor Angel. You know, also he said um he doesn't like to be cold, so he doesn't like to I understand. Cold. I, listen, if I could abide Florida, I would live in Florida. If you know, if they had a different governor, if they didn't have all the Jurassic Park animals, I would well, live in Florida. <laughs> Angel hates the census too, but he doesn't. He doesn't live with the census. He could ignore him. <laughs> I don't know. I that's a lot of ignoring, Harry. <laughs> I'd have to wake up every day like I'm in Florida, and with the. With the laws in Florida, if DeSantis happens to step on Angel's property, <laughs> <laughs> there'd be no more DeSantis. <laughs> yeah, but DeSantis, alligators, bears. That's, that's really the thing. But he doesn't see any of that, of that stuff. Um, he, he lives in Jacksonville. Oh. Um, he doesn't He's... get none of all of that stuff that you see in, over there in Orlando and stuff like that. The gators and. Okay. You sure? Oh, he's never told me he's had to deal with that. He said uh-huh. he's um he did he was proud of him. Oh, he was proud of me when I was following the his routines, but I guess should, he's not proud of me you anymore. You should you should recommit, Harry. January, recommit. Recommit. Cause you're doing so well. Well, Karen and I are are gonna look to get into um some martial arts self-defense courses oh, okay restart um stuff that i used to do long ago but um, yeah, i don't want to see the only thing about martial arts that i don't want to get thrown around i don't want to get hit you know what i mean like i don't want <laughs> well, you know, they, they, they consider your age you know? <laughs> like i'm gonna tell them be be kind i'm you know because you know how the minute i get thrown to the ground i'm gonna want to fight <laughs> <laughs> I'm, over, I'm over 55 be nice to me I was like, I don't care. I'll pick up a chair, whatever. I mean, like, they'll be like, you can't do that, Miss I. I was like, I don't care. He threw me down. You'd be like, this ain't wrestling. You know, this ain't WWE or whatever. He's like, we're trying to teach you how to defend yourself in case somebody throws you down. <laughs> I was like, well, I better carry, walk with a chair then. Cause... <laughs> All right, we got, Unreal is on at 1015, Harry. So we're going to take a break. Oh, you're listening to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Yeah, so I was supposed to come on and talk about missing the stars. stars. But um, go and read up on it because it's interesting how 
um there were three stars that disappeared i think in the 50s that and people were like whoa what is happening but now it's like a hundred stars since then well now that we're noticing well you know you know we have to catch up to the i mean we have to use the technology at hand because as we get better at this harry then we can start figuring out like okay where they go why did they go right with the james webb telescope you realize okay they didn't disappear they may have imploded and created you know a black hole or something like that um but you know it's, it's interesting um because a lot of the stars, by their light, you know, they they kind of measure their age and and their you know the strength of the star by their light, and you know those stars weren't supposed to disappear when they disappeared. Yeah, and all of a sudden they disappear. You know, you start worrying about your star, right? Our sun that takes yeah. care of us. Oh. At what point? I don't. I don't want to be alive like, for that. People will be like, you know, oh, I saw Terrence Howard the other day give a a lecture on, oh, my God, he was talking about. He's a scientist of sorts. Oh, my God, he's a, a nerd. And I love it. I love that stuff. But he was talking about how, you know, we've been looking at, at time and space all wrong you know people have been using linear lines and actually in nature all lines are curved there's no such thing as a straight line in nature it's, everything is curved anyway go look at that lecture you go like wait isn't this the guy in marvels in the marvels movie yeah I you know he's but tiring yeah but he's freaking intelligent so why do you, uh, Angel just said YMCA. I don't know what that means. You want me to play YMCA? Hmm. Did they have a, do the Vince people have a Christmas song? Because that's what we play. <laughs> do the village people have a Christmas song? <laughs> Maybe the village, we, I mean, they look, they look I, festive. They look festive. Maybe, do they have a Christmas song? <laughs> no, I, I doubt know. it. <laughs> no, no, don't doubt it, Harry. Do a search. You'd be surprised. I bet you they do something. Something. I bet you they have a song. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Anru is back. He's coming back, Harry. So we're going to get ourselves aligned and, you know, calmed. He has to do something. <laughs> There's no alignment going on right now. The, wor- the world is a ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Something got to happen. The world is a ghetto, Harry. We got to get right. So Anru will be on at 10.15 and... and- We'll start with some prayer. Ten fifteen. I know we ran we (laughs) ran long, but thank you for listening to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM. Look for that other link because I'm about to turn off the stream. Look for that other link. Anru is gonna try to soothe your soul somehow, if if it's if possible. But he'll try. He'll, He'll try. We'll be right back. Christmas, 
friends and relations since salutations sure as the stars shine above but this is Christmas yeah Christmas my the time of year to be with the one you love so won't you tell me you're never more wrong Christmas and New Year's will find you home there'll be no more sorrow no grief and pain and I'll be happy Christmas once again
it's that time of year again. You know it's your favorite. Merry, merry, merry Christmas. Merry, merry, merry Christmas. Oh. <laughs> I was born near Christmas, so it's my favorite. I think it runs through my veins. Anything Christmas makes me happy. And people's hearts are open. I hear the drummer boys drumming, drumming, drumming. I hear the reindeer coming, coming, coming now. I hear the twinkly birds humming, humming. And there's a choir full of angels singing, fa la 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 la, fa la la, fa la 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 la. So this is Christmas. Back to the second hour of Love Bass Love Talk. As promised, hello, Andrew. <laughs> hey, Babs. Nice to see yeah. you again. I saw I saw Andrew uh, at uh, the birthday party for Tegan. She turned fifty. Turned fifty. 50. And we were yeah. we. It was like New Year's Eve. We were dancing the night away, 
And then I yeah. saw you at Possible Futures, and I yes, you. Possible Futures. So we, you know, we be we be running into each other in these streets. I know, <laughs> I know. How are you this morning? I'm listen, you know, Harry and I, you know, Harry, Harry, Harry thinks it's ridiculous that I'm so hopeful. <laughs> hmm. So and he and he might have a point. He might be he might be so right, but I remain hopeful. I, I believe that we can have peace in the world. Mm. So anyway. Yeah, that's a well, I'm happy to explore that a little bit. <laughs> but first, what we need to do first, it's been a little while since I've been here, so I'm happy to be um on your show with you, Babs. Um but let's start with uh welcoming and honoring our ancestors, Absolutely. thanking them for the blessings and the gifts that they have left for us, right? that, that are actually in us. And, and that we're saying to them, thank you for that. And we're using those gifts today, mm-hmm. which I think speaks also to this piece around hope um, or even despite how hard things are, how we live, we still live. Um, But first we'll do this, I'll do this chant. So for those who have not heard, this is a a Yoruba chant um, that we sing to honor our ancestors in that tradition. Ibamama tofu washe Ibamama tofu washe Ibamama tofu washe Ibamama tofu washe Ashe te tofu anlandu tofu washe Baye ye tofu washe hu. Baye ye tofu washe. Ashe te fuan lando yu. Baye ye tofu washe. Baye gungun tofu washe hu. Baye gungun tofu washe. Baye gungun tofu washe hu. Bai gung tofu washe ashe te fuan lan lo yu Bai gung tofu washe Bai gung tofu washe Bai gung tofu washe Ashe May it be so that we recognize these gifts and these blessings that our ancestors have left for us and may it be so that we are able to use them in our lives. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, Ashe. Um, yeah, I think that speaks really for me to this piece around um, what to orient around when in times of uh, challenge, difficulty, pain, when it can so easily respond to that with despair and hopelessness. Um, And I think for me, there's a way of 
regardless of the circumstances to orient around like something that's life affirming because life is still unfolding mm. and life is actually fundamentally a life of change right and things are living and dying and appearing and disappearing all the time that's the nature of life like we will nobody who we're in intimate intimate relationship with right now including ourselves will be here in, in 200 years and so the things that feel like, ah, oh, the most important things or the despair or I'm not seen or I'm crushed down, or I'm in pain, they'll be gone. We'll be gone. Right? We're here for just these brief moments. Um, and ourselves, we are changing all the time. And so to me that there's something in life itself to orient around. Uh, to in the face of life itself, right? So um, not to be cryptic, but, um, you know, I've had my own struggles, um, which I've talked about before of being depressed and um, wrapped up in addiction and uh, mental health issues and being suicidal and thought I kind of had things figured out and was like, I'm not seen, I feel like an alien, right? what hope is there, right? There's these systems that are, right? And, and violence and dehumanizing that's happening everywhere and the plan, all the things. And like, what's the point? And in those moments, um, getting a glimpse that, well, there's something in life, like life itself, and there's something in life that um, it's possible to connect with and find and orient around that actually provides, gives meaning. And if we look at nature, right, there's, you look at a tree, regardless of what's going on around it, it continues to live, right? To orient towards the nutrients in the soil and the sun. People carve initials in it, it still does the same thing with nutrients in the soil and the sun, right? And then all the beings that it's connected with, but it's, it's that orientation to life itself. And we wouldn't look at one tree and be like, well, that tree is more of a tree. That oak tree is more oak tree than that other oak tree, <laughs> right? They're, they're in different circumstances and still it's the same. Let me orient and be nurtured and nourished and go towards this light, which is nurturing and nourishing. Which And that light is there for all of us, right? The sun is just shining, shines on all of us, not like the good differently than the bad or the ill than the healthy, right? Or the young differently than the old. And so there's something in life itself to orient towards, particularly when circumstances and the stories tell us otherwise, right? Because the circumstances tell us, oh, not just it's not worth it, but you're not worth it, right? No, you have this hope, right? You want to be a something. No, this place isn't for you. And we get that message outside of ourselves and we've internalized that message. And um, so this morning, like I went for a quick, right before the show, I went for a quick hike up West Rock because I needed that. I needed that like 
um, reminder, not intellectually, but like, oh, right, the world is big. This, this being, this West Rock being has been here through all the ups and downs, right? People's lives and deaths and good and bad and love and hate and war and hope and peace, all the things, and it's present. Even as it too is still changing, but it has a, you know, its arc of time is much longer. And so having a sense and being connected to like, oh, and, and it's not better than the trees that are growing on it or the birds that are roosting on it. It's, it's also there. They're also there. All of this is, is unfolding, oriented towards life. And so that piece around like, can we orient towards the blessings that our ancestors as human beings who lived in this, on this same planet, different specific circumstances, but still the same circumstances of life, right? Of being a person, some things get encouraged, some things get crushed, right? We are seen, we're not seen. We love, we hate, we suffer, we live, we die, we grieve, we continue. And so there's something about orienting towards this, the, the goodness, the blessings, the ashe that they have left for us in ourselves. We are them in ourselves, in our blood, our bones, the way we see, the way we smell, the way we touch, the way we hear, the way we taste, the way we sense reality, they have passed that on. And so can we orient towards the good ways, right? These, these ways that, oh yes, I can create this. Oh yes, I can love here. Oh yes, I can build this, or I can be nurtured and nourished. I can learn to live. Right? Our ancestors learned to live even in the midst of genocide and institutions of slavery and all kinds of other oppressions and uh, immigration and emigration and uh, family violence, right? And still we've lived and found an orientation to life itself. And so it's not this fantasy of like, well, maybe one day it'll just all turn around, right? That it will change because everything changes and can in that can we also orient towards this this thing called life these things that have been passed on and then can we see them and find them seek them out and then use them implement them oh so there's a poet basho who said um um there's probably lots of versions of it but there's one which is don't walk in the footsteps of your ancestors or your teachers but seek what they sought so it's not to be them right oh and i have to act like they did or do all the things they did or go back to some majestic time right oh but they sought in their life love they sought a connection to the divine they sought um and yearn for and love caring for people oh what would that mean for me now do I orient towards those things? What do I orient towards? What are my yearnings and needs that are both mine, but also are connected to this, these legacies of what has come before and what will come after? And so even in the face of uh, pain and suffering, that can be overwhelming. Can we also say, ah, and yes, there's still life. Mm. 
right? Mm. If these circumstances are happening, well, we, so can we lean and develop skills to orient towards life versus oriented towards despair? We can like feel that. grief, right? We can feel it, mm. but that's different to choose to, I'm going to orient towards it. I'm going to orient towards cynicism. I'm going to orient towards, oh, oh, you push me. Well, I'm going to push you back harder. Right? You don't see me. Well, I'm not going to see you. Right? If, oh, you don't see me. Well, look, life is still here. You actually don't get to determine my relationship with that. So let's do that together or at least do that ourselves. And then we can see it's like getting your head above the water, like, Oh, or out of the like smoke or out of the, out of, from under the blanket. Oh, there's a world out here. <laughs> and then you might see other people poking their heads. Oh, look, <laughs> there's a, someone else out here too, trying and you live. And then you can be creative about if it's about um, fostering and changing conditions so that other people can find their way out. Then you do it from a place of clarity versus a place of despair and overwhelm, right? A reactivity. Because I don't think that the, our thinking about what we need is clear when we come from those places of despair or reactivity. Mm -hmm. right? We have to like doubt our thinking. When I was like in those pits of despair, I, I, <laughs> my first ideas weren't helpful ones. They were like habits that got me into the, got me into that hole in the first place. So I had to learn to like, well, let me sit for a minute instead of like trying to dig my way out of the hole deeper, right? Let me, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what got me here? Maybe if, if I pause, right? Instead of running frantically in circles or avoiding how I'm actually feeling, mm. um, there may be a way out. And it might be different than what I could have imagined. And life might be different than what we can imagine. And there's not one way to do it. It's like, you know, what someone smells a smell. And for some people, that's the most wonderful smell in the world. And other people are like that. I don't know what you're smelling, but I don't want to go near that. Right? <laughs> but we can orient towards the things that we're yearning for and the things that are nourishing for us. And be honest with ourselves and be gentle, right? tender. That's the place of like life and hope is a very fragile thing. It's very hope, very, uh, um, yeah, very tender, right? It's easy, you know, a, a, like a tender little sapling, right? Little shoots coming out. That's it's strong wind, a rock can roll over it and just, oh, it's dead now, right? It's very tender, right? But then it grows into something very big, which we as human beings have also learned how to destroy, right? But the, because the destruction is easy. Yeah. It's easy. Right, in terms of effort, um, but in terms of consequences, it's, um, it creates more pain because it's just a habit that people just roll over the things trying to grasp at something else. Oh yeah, my ancestors left this, I know. 
you know, I can build things or I love to make things or I just love to care for people or, um, but that's stupid. I have to go get paid. I have to go find my way in the marketplace. I have to go engage in power over dynamics so that I don't feel small, so I don't feel vulnerable. So that tender thing in me, I'm just going to trap it and secure it so no one can get to it and lock it away. And so, of course, things feel hopeless because we are not even allowing ourselves to admit that it's there and then to what do we actually need to do for that to grow and to find a place in the world, find our place in the world. Howard Thurman is a um, theologian, philosopher, um, a black person whose quote I love, um, it's don't and it's a quote I love and I keep thinking I get it wrong when I'm about to say it. Um, don't do what you think the world needs, but instead do what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who've come alive. Mm -hmm. Right. It's including ourselves in that as opposed to, Oh, I should be doing that out there. Right. Oh, they, they just need me to do that. So I should just go do that. Or that's what they tell me success is. That's what status is. That's what love is. That's what joy is. That's what health is. That's what meaning is. Oh, but what makes me truly come alive? These deep, tender places. We have to nourish that little being in us. Whenever we find it. Because some of us have had to lock that away to survive being a young person, getting through some really hard times. But can we now, in this moment, oh, I wonder what's there. Oh, hmm. Maybe there's something in there that, that there could be a little bit more space for. Maybe I can, I can nourish it a little bit. Or maybe I can be curious about it and then, oh, well, what would I need to do to have a life where it gets nourished? Can I hold that with as much intensity and drive as I'm doing all these other things, as I'm scrolling through my feed, right? Could I, oh, let me take two minutes. What, right? And then we, what is that? Ashe, what are those blessings that have been left for me? And how do I nourish them today? How do I come alive how do I manifest those things in this particular life that we have now, which our ancestors, they don't have this life now. We have this life now. All those who come after us, they don't have this life now. We have this life now. So what can we do? And I think there's a lot. Even if it's the, a lot is all is that nurturing and nourishing. There's a lot to do to take care of that tender little whatever wispy potential that's in us to orient towards life. And then imagine the systems, relationships, organizations, families that we create coming from that place. How we address inequity, how we address climate crisis, how we address oppression from that place. That's life affirming.
that is worth, right? That's the hope. That's the, what makes it worthwhile for me. <laughs> that's what his grounding message. Yeah. That's what's kept me going all these years since the late eighties, early nineties. So Anru, how do you think about peace? Do you think about peace as as a place, as an activity, as a how do how do we how do we how do you get peaceful in a world full of ongoing chaotic chaotic chaos? <laughs> <laughs> well, so if so peace is that nourishment of that tender place. You can't nourish, you can't be open to being nourished. You can't nourish yourself. You can't really nourish somebody else in a place of chaos and war and violence. Mm. So there's like this inner peace, right? And since everything is changing all the time, it's we have to kind of re keep coming back, keep nourishing. Right? You have a plant, you don't like, oh, I watered it once. That's, there we go. It's all done. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now There's go a child. survive. <laughs> right. Okay, child, here's some. Today I gave you food and shelter and clothing. Okay. <laughs> right? And we have to do it hours later. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not just the next day, right? So, but, you know, for real, like, if, we, if we're not connected to our needs, um, then we can't orient towards peace. Because one could say like, oh, peace is, uh, I don't wanna just say like getting those needs met. Um, peace is a quality, a, is a quality. Um, peace is, I mean, we get into like, what's peace, what's liberation, justice, all the things. And I think that um, orienting towards ourselves, right? Care, compassion, love, like to me, those are all connected to peace, right? There can be excitement and joy and activity, right? But it's from that quality, uh, honoring the connections that, actually exist versus oh you're this other so you don't matter as much right so this honoring those connectivities that's a part of peace um it means being honest um, you know with ourselves and other people but also being like, compassionate it's not like the kind of brutal honesty or like tough love peace aspect of it uh, um I mean, those are things I think about for what is peace. So what would it mean to, um, you know, the whole frameworks of like nonviolent communication, for example, which can help orient towards like our needs and our feelings and being in relationship with people and compassion and empathy, right? All those things. And so that's also with ourselves. How do we give ourselves those things, cultivate those things? we need capacity to orient towards something that's life affirming that's possible because it's also vulnerable. I look at, um, it's in trying to live peacefully for myself. I am 
more deeply and kind of aggressively confronted with violence and the potential for violence that's inside of me also. And, and, and the, the training that I have of like, yeah, peace is nice, but like if someone's coming after you, you need to kill them or coming after your loved ones, you need to kill them. Like that's, that's the story. That's the training that I have as being someone in a male body in the society. Yeah. Peace is all fine and good. Nonviolence is all fine and good till someone's coming at you with something. And um, one response to that I heard a long time ago, I don't remember who it was from, but they're like, you know, there's the, the, the notion of like someone trying to say, I believe in nonviolence or, or peace. And someone said, well, what if this, what if this, what would you do? No, no, I still wouldn't do that. I wouldn't act out. And, you know, as an experiment, there's always going to be a point where someone is going to say out the window, I go do the thing, right? I respond violently, for example. But the person said, and I would hope that my brothers and sisters who are beside me would hold me back. Mm. So this notion of peace, even in the, the question, is this kind of individual thing. So if you, how do you, like the opening, how do you find this thing, hope, in the midst of all of the chaos and violence? Oh, well, even if I'm full of despair, I hope and I pray that my brothers and sisters and my people come and help me to counter that message that I'm alone. Right? But we are so oriented towards like this kind of individual thing. Um, and so I think that's part of the undoing that we all need also. And then that can lead to as systems and frameworks get larger and larger, then we talk about like countries, oh, countries and war and violence. Well, we can't do this. Well, we've set up ourselves to have to respond the way we do. We've set up a system where so much money is put into the mechanisms of war and resources of war and almost nothing are put into the mechanisms of peace. And so it's not fair to just say, oh, well, we'll just like abolition is not just like, oh, we'll just get rid of the thing and then everything will be fine. It's actually, what do we, how do we create and shift the circumstances of what we're pouring into as if peace is a value, as if life is actually precious? What would we create? And as we create those things, as we build those things, the default response of violence and oppression and othering power over get smaller and smaller because we have capacity and resources to deal with it differently. People aren't dehumanized from jump who learn to dehumanize others to survive. I, this thing around violence in me, I, I, I was reflecting recently on being very, very young and seeing, um, real uh, violence a, a neighbor's father on his son. Um, the son had actually stolen my mom's wallet and he brought him back to return it and then beat him in front of us. And I was probably like five or six or something. And what I realized is that it was horrific. I mean, at the time I just like whoosh, shut down. Um, but later reflecting on it, like how terrifying it was for me to witness that. And I also learned in that moment Oh, I never want to be on the receiving end of that. So this, that piece around like, yeah, 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 peace, open, da, 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 right? But then that's always like a backup. Well, worst comes to worst, I can always, I mean, I'm a big person. I can always do something. And that's right. So 
from the beginning if there were different ways of this parent dealing with their child, if there are different ways of me getting uh, and having support to deal with that differently, right? You transform that kind of response as needed. But that's why it's a, it's a different way of living and being together, which can lead to these things of like, oh, war department, peace department. Oh, right. <laughs> right. X percentage, even if they were equal in terms of like funding, what that, what tra- how that would transform things, right? But it's not fair to just say like under these same circumstances, you just get rid of one. Oh, we'll just get rid of that response because we don't have other tools. It would cause more harm. So imagine that's the engagement of like peace, recognizing our relatedness with other people, whether we share the same identity or not, our relatedness with the earth, our relatedness with plants and animals. Imagine if we held that really, right? We would exist on this planet differently with each other differently. And so what does that mean now? Not like, well, we'll go back to some utopian blah, blah, blah. But like, what does that mean now? Oh, okay. So let me look again inside. What are those tender places that need nourishment? Can I find them? Can I have other people support me? Can I support other people in that? Can I see them? Can I have compassion for them? Can I hold them accountable still, but differently than how I've been taught to in terms of punishment? What would it look like? What does accountability look like differently? And not that like I have some grand answer, but like if we orient towards these other things, then we can come up with some different ways of living. Which then means we don't have to quote, be hopeful. Oh, because we're in it. We are living (laughs) these ways that are life affirming, right? We are. Yeah. So bit by bit, step by step. Moment by moment, little, little, little steps. Oh, that's a nice breeze on a hot day. Or like, that's a cozy drink, right? On a cold day. There's my favorite sweater, right? Or I ran into a friend, right? And we got to say hello. Like, oh, that's goodness. How everybody knows that feeling. How, and so let me cultivate more of that. Let me allow more of that in my heart versus armoring up everywhere. This is such a good point. Like, I love that because that's, that's how I think. Do you know what I mean? Like goodness yeah. and, but, but just what you said, just, I want more of that, you know, you know, in the ordinary, not, not go to right. extraordinary lengths, but in the ordinary and the practicalness mm-hmm. of your day and your life that you can, you can, you can seek and find and mm-hmm. find peace and joy and love. And tenderness. Yes. Yeah. 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 I remember in in the midst of like despair and all the things, because, you know, I, yes, I had a realization, but like the work of coming out of that is work <laughs> and takes courage. Like that's not just like, oh, look, life is affirming and beautiful. Okay. All the trauma's gone. All the things are done. Right. But I remember my mom making a statement about like, going for a walk and seeing like the light hit the leaves in a certain way and the birds. And I, in my, I was like, Oh, and in my mind, I was like, you've got to be kidding me that like 
that's what you're like holding out as the like hope, right? As goodness in life, right? <laughs> I was like, I'm in this like place of like madness and like, and the way that the light bounces off, right? And I, and I, a part of my brain knew, wouldn't that be beautiful to be touched by that? But I couldn't, I couldn't feel it. And like, you know, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. I experience it. It is also part of what like, oh, that's like the life affirming, but I couldn't, I was in such a place I couldn't even see it. And, and but I, I was like, Ugh. it's like the, like what I was saying, like that smell, like, yeah, there's a smell over there, but like, that's far. I can't get there. It's all the things in the way. Right. I couldn't imagine the reality of, of being with being nourished by that. Mm -hmm. What might be there it was so foreign. And um, I think that's, that's a, that's, maybe that's hope. Oh, there's something there. There's something in this life that I don't know about that could give me that sense of place, that I also belong here, that this life is for me to be whole, not just to be, just to grind out. Like maybe that's hope. I like it. Right? As always. And I'm going to say to those out there, it's possible. It's possible to find your way. Yeah. You have to honor that, though. Okay. I tell and you, you. And there's you more know, of us out there. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> not alone. I tell you, every time you come, you bring the right message that I oh. that I uh, I need for my spirit. And in this season oh, of thanks. Advent, for me, mm. um, that's just right in line with. Uh, you know, this time of waiting and mm. uh, anticipating and noticing, noticing. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, thank notice. you, Henri. Thank you, Babs. It's a pleasure. He'll be back, y'all. We'll be back. <laughs> he will be back. So thank you for your time today. I, I needed this message. You know, mm. it's very personal to me when you're here. I know mm. other people listen, but this is. That's really good for me, too. <laughs> I, I get to listen to myself. <laughs> Oh, look, down. look at what thing I need to remember. All right. <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Take day. You too. The rest of your week. And I will thank see you. you soon. Thank you. Be well, everyone. Thank you, Harry. Bye, Harry. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye, Angel in Florida. We'll see you tomorrow, too. <laughs>